you know, one of my teammates said to me one day, she was like, you really need to appreciate the body that has allowed you to do so much. And that like still, like it still sticks with me today. Oh my God, I think I'm going to cry. Hi guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. My name is Sarah, and by listening to this podcast, we have now become best friends. And as best friends do, here we talk about life, ask interesting questions, and open up the floor to learn what else is out there. Before we get started, be a pal and subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating, because that is what friends do, and by doing so, you give someone else a better chance of finding it. All right, friend, let's get into the episode. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode. Today I'm here with Lauren, a very, very good friend of mine, and I'll let her kind of introduce herself, but I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be on it. This is like, um, what we're going to be talking about today is is, uh, a topic that I get asked about often, which I find is interesting because I don't think of it as part of like my brand or my platform or like whatever you want to say but I get questions about workouts and health and fitness um a lot and uh so I want to dive into that what you do um and then a little bit about body image because that's it's we've definitely had conversations before about you know I think if you talk about women and fitness body image is always there I know that's very annoying yeah um, but can you give us a little overview on what you do and where you're from and all the stuff? Yeah, so as Sarah said, my name is Lauren. I, I'm from a place called Carlisle, which is north of England. Um, I graduated from Columbia College in May of 2019 with Sarah. That's where we met. Um, primarily, I pursued my degree in the US um, due to being offered a track and field scholarship. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I I branched over the pond. <laughs> um, I'm now back at home. Um, initially, I was working in a pharmacy because honestly, that was the first job I found after college. Um, I'm now working as an area coordinator for a youth program that we have over here called the National Citizen Service. Um, I'm really enjoying the role. It's very varied. I kind of do everything from recruitment in schools and at parents' evenings and stuff like that, right through to actually like planning and executing the program, which is really fun. Um, but also whilst I was working at the pharmacy, I decided to pursue my personal training and fitness instructing qualification, um, just because fitness has been I don't know, a huge part of my life. And I always thought from right when I was really young that if I could somehow make a career out of health and fitness, that would kind of be a bit of a dream. So yeah, still getting on with that. I'm hoping to be fully qualified by around January time. I just have a couple more like practical elements to complete and that should be me. That's so exciting. I didn't know, like, so how long's the the full qualification program? I don't, I'm not sure like exactly when you started. Yeah, yeah. So you get um, three years to like fully complete the program, but most of it's online. So you can kind of go at your own pace. Um, so when I started it, I was only working part-time at the pharmacy. So I was in three days a week 
Um, so I kind of used those other two days to get coursework done and stuff like that. Um, now that I'm full time in my new position, it's a little bit harder to fit it all in. Um, but there are some like practical training days that you have to go to um, to become qualified. So I've just got a couple more of them to do and a couple more assignments and then I should be good to go. Awesome. I consider, I've told you this before, I consider you my personal trainer um, because <laughs> I've, I've taken almost all of your videos. I have not taken the beginners one. I think you did like a, mm-hmm. yeah, like a beginner level and I haven't taken that one. Um, but I love your workouts. You know, I love your workouts. Um, and you. we'll of course have everything linked. I always say that we have always have everything in the show notes. And if you were looking for like a good workout, absolutely and fun like go check out her instagram and her youtube channel especially your her youtube channel your videos are so well planned and like produced for, i know it's a one-man show like i know it's just you but like being able to do it with you the music's phenomenal the transitions are great the time things like you do the beeps and you know when to it's great i, I love it thank you thank you that was definitely like a little um, project I had going on over lockdown. Um, I was furloughed from work for a little while, so I had more time to like make videos and stuff like that. But I really enjoyed it. It was fun, and like you said, um, just trying to make it engaging for people, follow along, um, and like you say, have a bit of fun doing it is the main thing. Yeah. Mm. So can you? So you've um, said that you're you've been interested in health and fitness, like since you were little, but can you give us a little out like overview of your journey in health and fitness, especially as an athlete, um, Mm. like when that kind of entered your life and became a part of your life? Definitely. So I don't even know if you know this, but at the age of two, my mom enrolled me into dance classes, which I just find absolutely insane. Like I feel sorry for the dance teacher who had little two-year-olds like running around trying to control them and stuff but um yeah my nana and then my mom went to the same dance school so then could walk my mom was like right Lauren is continuing the tradition and (laughs) off I went to dance classes um yeah and it was cute we did like little shows and stuff yeah and fast forward a little bit to age eight I think my dad told me he um, like looked out of his bedroom window one day and saw me like on the street racing <laughs> to like 10 year old boys, I think, like from our road, I guess you guys would say neighborhood, whatever. Yeah. Um, we were like racing apparently between like two lampposts and not trying to flex or anything, but uh, be him. <laughs> And then I remember I went back inside and my dad was like, wow, Lauren, like you're pretty fast for a little eight year old. (laughs) Um, And of course, I used to do like school sports days and stuff like that. But unlike the US, um, here in the UK, sports are pretty much um, you do all through like club level as opposed to in schools like you guys do. And so my local athletics club. Um, you had to be 10 years old, like at a minimum to join. And so I had like a couple years to wait. Um, but literally on my 10th birthday, I forced my dad to take me down to the track. And that was kind of me. I started running. Um, I think when I was younger, I did like a load of different events, um, sprints, hurdles, long jump, tried it all. Um, but yeah, from age 10, right through obviously college, 
um, I trained and competed pretty much, yeah, full time. And yeah, athletics is definitely kind of the main focus, I'd say, for like fitness and stuff. I had no idea um, about that. Or you've never told me that story about when you were two. And if, really? yes, if she, yeah, if she sounds different, we just switched like her mic situation. So anyway, but yeah, you've never told me that. That's so interesting. I did not realize that your like track journey started so young. Yeah, um, I think honestly, a lot of people, at least on the team at college, didn't really get into it until maybe like late middle school, high school, whatever age that is. Um, so yeah, mine's really early. Yeah. I I don't know. I just fell in love with the sport. And I remember my dad, actually, I can't remember. I'd done something bad. Like, I don't know if it was at school or at home, but my dad was like, right, that's it. You're not going running training tonight. And that was like my punishment. Oh my God. Being allowed to go to like training um which is just funny like I just loved it that much that that was my um (laughs) yeah that's so cute though so being in sports like how did that affect like like I want to kind of going into body image like how did that affect you when you were younger and how you saw yourself um like and even in that competition environment um like how, yeah, how did that affect you and how you saw yourself and your body? Um, I would say I was very aware, probably from the age of about 10, 11, that I definitely had a more like muscular, athletic type build. Um, like I never had like stick thin legs or anything like that. And definitely between the ages of like 10 and 13, I was also very tall for my age. Like I joke that I was the same height, age 10, as I am now, which honestly probably isn't even that far from the truth. I remember being at a competition one time and one of the girls I was competing against, her parent like demanded to see my birth certificate because he thought I was like competing outside of my age group. Which You're joking. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Um, and yeah, I would get like little comments from like boys at school saying like, oh, you've got really manly legs or just little things like that. So I was definitely like a little bit self-conscious of that. But at that time, like it never affected the way I was training. Um, I was training like completely for performance and getting faster. So at no point did I ever think like, okay, I'm going to stop doing as many sprints or I'm going to start increasing my mileage to try and change my body type or anything like that. Um, everything was just aimed to be getting faster, which I think back to that now and like, it's really, it's really good because I was definitely aware that my body, um, my body type was yes, like partly down to genetics and stuff like that, but also just because I'd been training like that from such a young age. Um, but yeah, at that point it never kind of impacted what I was doing or anything like that. Um, which is definitely a good thing. And then I'd say it's probably when I, I moved to the US um, to come and obviously compete at college that suddenly I was like emerged into this whole like new 
negative culture um, in terms of what a runner's body like should be and what I should look like. And it's something that I'd never really thought much about until going to college pretty much. Um, and yeah, I before going into it, like I really, really enjoyed my time like competing at college. Um, I loved my teammates. I loved training. I loved competing there. Um, but looking back, um, yeah, body image um, is definitely the one thing that I wish would have been different, I suppose. Um, and I think social media as well had a huge kind of impact. I think Instagram, I don't know, I didn't really use it before college. I think it's really kind of blown up in the last few years. Um, but yeah, it happened pretty immediately. Um, I think I've told you the story of the airport. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering if you're going to bring that up, um, if you're comfortable sharing, because that's something that really sticks out to me when I think yeah. of you and like that, you know, that definitely it was I'd say it was a very like defining moment um and like I say when I'm um, found myself like emerged in this new like running culture it literally was day one like stepping off the plane little 17 18 year old me yeah I think you have a late you have a late birthday so I think you were 17 yeah one of the two anyway first time coming to the U.S. um I came by myself and I was meeting my new coach and another teammate who was kindly like picking me up from the airport. Um, yeah, both of which I'd never met before. And my new coach kind of looked me up and down and looked wow. over to the other teammate. And um, he said something along the lines of, yeah, we need to get you looking a bit more like her. And I thought, wow, like... At first, I think I was very jet-lagged, first of all, <laughs> and also just confused. I was thinking, like, what is this guy meaning? And then I looked over, and I, she was, like, smaller than I was, and I was like, wow, is that is that what he's hinting at? Um, and then the same coach, I remember the whole team would be, like, in the weight room, and we'd be working out with, like, resistance bands and stuff like that, and he emphasized, you know, we're doing this because the goal is for us all to have thigh gaps, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, like I've never had a thigh gap. Um, and obviously my body had even changed from like my 13 year old self. Um, and then the comments started to get a bit more like specific and individualized. I remember um, before going home for Christmas break, my freshman year, um, he told me that I needed to come back after break at least 15 pounds lighter if I wanted to have a good track Oh my season. God which yeah and obviously at that point I mean it's it's no longer him hinting at something that's yeah. like very clear and I think it's one thing to have like personal insecurities but then as soon as someone starts like pointing them out and adding to them further especially from someone who's in a position like a coach where as an athlete you you take everything they say to be true you know um that's where it kind of became I don't know a bit more hard hitting I suppose and it got to the point I think junior year senior year where I just had enough like I really hated the way my body looked um I remember we we're in the weight room I think my senior year actually and freshmen were being told to that we were doing this workout so they could look like 
ex-athlete, like another and this athlete is a, on At the this team. point, your senior year is a different coach. Yeah, I think it's it's very, it's embedded in like the running culture. And I don't know if either one of them were kind of like, you know, like purposefully trying to make us feel any type of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point as well, it's like good to point out that I held and still hold like multiple school records in the 600, 800,000, 1500, not saying that's like brag whatsoever, but just to highlight that my times were kind of being overlooked because I didn't look a certain way. Yeah, um, you were you were a star on that team from oh, from your, <laughs> as if I know anything about what you did <laughs> as a proud friend. Thank I you. you know I remember when you broke records and from your first year, like you were, you know, doing you were excelling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think. Um, yeah, just because I didn't look the stereotypical distance runner, ectomorph figure, those times were kind of overlooked. And I think it really kind of struck me when I got to the point where I would have happily chosen to be smaller and slower than accepting my own body type and getting faster. And that's just crazy because the whole point, obviously, of running and training and competing is to improve. Um, And it just got to the point where... I just wasn't even really thinking about that anymore. Um, And yeah, I think like senior year is definitely when I started talking about like how I was feeling about it more. Um, And, you know, one of my teammates said to me one day, she was like, you really need to appreciate the body that has allowed you to do so much. And that like still, like it still sticks with me today. Oh my God, I think I'm going to (laughs) cry. No, honestly. And, you know, those comments, um, they still like get to me today sometimes, you know, like I'm definitely in a better headspace now and towards my senior year. And um, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed my time like on the team and competing. I'd never like take any of it back. Um, And I think now as well that I'm kind of running for myself and obviously I've gotten into like gym um, more and like taking fitness classes and stuff like that. I feel like the pressure to look a certain way has definitely been lifted. Um, but unfortunately, it's not just running. It's a whole bunch of sports as well. And I think especially at the college level, it's a big problem. Um, I don't know what the answer is really, <laughs> but it's definitely out there. And I think a lot more athletes now as well are kind of speaking out about their experiences. And there's a couple of different YouTubers that I have followed and they've kind of shared their experience and that really helped me as well. Um, but yeah. All right, we are taking a quick break to thank our non-sponsor, Kopari Deodorant. Um, No, I am not fancy enough to have sponsors, but I wish I was. And so this is a segment where I just kind of share my favorite products. And I have been using Kopari Deodorant for a solid two weeks. Um, And it's really good. Like all the Instagram, you know, ads and all that stuff that I've been uh, served online has really worked. It's like $14 and first I was like, what the hey? But listen, hear me out. It's so good. I think it's made with like almond essential oils or something, um, which, you know, some people get weird about essential oils in their products and I totally get it, but it is fantastic. I have totally noticed a difference. I was about to say in the quality of my armpits, but like kind of like no more like red bumps or irritation or I don't know, like 
Is it weird to say rash? Listen, underarms can get a little wild, um, but this deodorant has been a total game changer. I love it. The smell is addicting. You feel like you are coming out of the water in Bali. So... I don't know what else you need. I think I'm about going to order some more of their products. If you um, love any of their products, definitely let me know which ones I should order next. Um, but you will not get 20% off on their website if you use What Else 20. However, Kapari, if you want to sponsor me, like that'd be neat. And uh, we, could, we could have a code for 20% off. I'm sure, if you sign up for their email list or something, you could get like 10% off or something. But anyway, um, I'll link the deodorant in the show notes. And you can look forward to these favorite segments every episode. So, all right, back to the episode. I so I have I have like kind of two questions or like two avenues. Mm-hmm. Um, one I want to ask before I kind of go down the rabbit hole that I know we will. Um, do you think that the pressure that you know you said that you felt that after you came to the U.S. Um, but do you think it was, it's a, like a United States athletic culture issue, or do you think it's that, you know, that's when you started the college level, um, and you would have had the same, you know, thing at, well, I guess like universities don't have sports teams the way that they do in the U S but like, if you would have continued at, you know, that age in the UK, do you think you would have had the same issue? Can you, can you even speak to that? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think once I started getting these comments off my first coach in college, it kind of got me thinking about like little things that I'd heard over the years um, in the UK, but hadn't really like thought much into, if that makes sense. Um, So I think I was about, I would have been 15 or 16. And at that point, I was running the fastest times that I'd ever had in my life. I had made nationals for the first time that year. And I remember being introduced to, there was this young girl, a couple of years younger than me, who was competing at the international level. And her mum, I believe it went to like the world championships or something. Like she was a really good runner back in the day. And I remember meeting her. I think my PE teacher actually introduced me to her because he was friends with her. Um, And she used to run the 800 like I did. And I think I'd, you know, kind of asked her for some advice. Um, and she kind of looked and just said, oh, you know, you should really um, increase your mileage. And maybe, you know, like dropping a bit of weight could help you. Um, and looking back on that now, I'm like, wow, like same kind of attitude, um, same belief. And it's funny because like she didn't know anything about the way I was training. She just assumed because... Um, I was like more muscular or whatnot that that was kind of an answer for me um which is crazy and even family members um would point out like I think going into my A-level exams so the big exams that we have here um that's used to get into university it was really hard to balance um like studying and training so there was one season where my times didn't like drop significantly um I think I was like one to two seconds slower than the previous year um but a family member pointed out like oh look um he brought up like a picture um look at how you looked this time last year when you were running this time as in hinting at you know do you look a little different like this is why you're running a little bit slower so to answer your question I don't think it's just in the U.S. I think it was just a lot more 
kind of stand out-ish because, you know, sport is taken a lot more seriously there at the collegiate level um, compared to at home. And yeah, it's definitely, I don't know, it's embedded in the minds of a lot of coaches. Um, This idea that like thinner equals faster um, is definitely out there, especially in the distance running world. I think as a mid-distance runner, there are definitely two body types that go with that. Like if you look at the elite level, there's some women who are a lot more muscular, um, possibly coming from like a sprinter's background, like I had. Um, or there are women from like the other end, the kind of increased mileage, distance runner backgrounds who, yeah, look thinner. Um, but when I went to college, I had agreed to run cross country as well as track. And so I was paired with like the distance squad who like love my teammates, but we all look different and we all came from different backgrounds. We'd came from different events and I stood out as not looking like the stereotypical distance runner. And I think that's where a lot of them comments came from. And I'm thinking back to like when, you know, you you went from, you know, you started these comments when you got off the plane all the way to senior year, like how you felt, but how you carried yourself. And I think this has a lot to do with your personality. <laughs> I was not, and I, you know, you were my, you are one of my best friends. And so in college, we were very close and I was not even aware of how that, what was happening. Um, I did not see a change in your um like physical appearance or or rather like your emotions mm. um you really i think are very uh, um you in, not internalize but you're very quiet and when you process things and yeah. like i i don't even think that i i know i did not did not know the severity um or the effect that that had yeah i think i don't know part of me was probably embarrassed to even kind of speak on that and kind of admit that I was getting these sorts of comments um because it's not something that anyone really wants to hear you know like whether you're in sport out of sport being told to like lose weight and that you should be looking a certain way is never a nice thing to hear um but yeah I think I definitely kind of keep quiet on it and then it got to a point in senior year where it all just kind of came out and for my like end of um your research project I focused on um female athletes and body image issues and yeah that's when I really started to kind of process everything and talk about it a bit more and just share my experiences yeah yeah so so now you're no longer competing and um but you still are very active in workouts very active in fitness um but I'm sure your approach on it has changed a little bit um and I would love to hear like your mindset as far as working out and I ask that because um like for me and I think for a lot of people um you know working out is like a general thing um that people like know they should do hearing workout or working out um it's more, it sounds more of a chore. Um, and it's just something that, you know, people are like, oh, I need to do that. Oh, I should do that. Um, or, you know, they, they ask how to do it, or I need to get motivated, or it's like some sort of goal that they need to reach. It's not necessarily a part of their routine. And I struggle, I still struggle. Um, and I don't know if I ever won't with my, um, 
motivation and my purpose in working out, um, it, it goes in, it ebbs and flows for sure in waves. Um, and I'm pretty, like, I am aware of my faults in how hard I push myself sometimes. And I can get very, um, controlling over my fitness routine and my eating, Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I know it's just a way that I cope with things and it's something I'm aware of. And I, I have to be very cognizant of why I am approaching a workout, um, like why I'm going into it. Am I going into this? Because like a lot of the times the mentality will be, oh, you have to work out or else you will look fat or else you will not look the way that you want to. You will lose. Because I, I say I'm very, it's it's odd, because I'd say I'm very confident in my body. Um, I'm happy with the way it looks for the most part. You know, when you're hormonal or you're bloated, you're just like, <laughs> mm, not looking like, great <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> but like for the most part, I'm not unhappy with my body, but I, I still, um, I almost use, not as much anymore, but like mm-hmm. fitness as a, I have to check this box or else something bad will happen. I don't know. And I, I have to really switch that mindset. And I, cause I love to work out. I yeah. love, I love doing it. I love running. I love doing um, weight exercises. There's not really anything I, I hate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to be very aware on going into something and saying, okay, I'm doing this because it makes me feel really good. I, I refuse to work out to look good. Um, and do you have this similar mindset going into working out or do you still have like that training mindset or like any advice? Like if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat with that. I know for me personally, and I would talk to a few of my teammates about this, you know, we were in our senior year, we're like, oh my goodness, running has literally been our lives like for so many years. And going back to body image as well, a lot of athletes um, are scared. Like, you know, when I stop training full time, is my body going to change? What am I going to look like? I got asked specifically by one of our friends. I don't know if you remember because I was, and they knew this in, in middle school and, and high school, I was an athlete, but middle school, I was a three season athlete. Um, was wow. I good at all seasons? Zero percent. The basketball <laughs> team for sure needed, just needed another person. That's not even a lie. Um, my, my mom will tell you how horrible I was, but I, I was a three season athlete yeah. and Um, I stopped very suddenly in high school and she asked like, Hey, like what happened to your body when you stopped? Cause it, and that was her senior year and it was, it was a fear of, you know, what happens like, like a balloon, like what goes, what goes (laughs) on, you know? So that's funny that you say that. Cause I, I just now remembering getting asked that very specifically. Yeah. Um, and I'd say as well, that goes back to mindset as well. And like you're saying like, why, why are you training? Is it, and it can get dangerous if like you say, the sole reason for working out is to look a certain way or to stay in shape per se. Um, and going back to eating as well, you mentioned like diet and stuff like that. I think I now try to think of it as don't train to eat, but eat to train. Um, because me personally, I don't know, I've been guilty of this in the past of thinking, oh, wow, like I've done this massive workout. So now I can go and eat like 
whatever food mm-hmm. um when in reality like if you're wanting that food whether you've worked out or not like go for it sometimes you know um but it's also you know eating to fuel your body so that you can do these workouts that like you say you enjoy so much and that's what it comes down to a lot of the time is finding like workouts or activities that you genuinely enjoy to do um I could sit here obviously I'm a big fan of running and tell people you know go out and run which I highly encourage people to do it's free it's great it's very individualized um but the reality is a lot of people don't like running and that's fine like you can do zumba you can go to yoga you can go lift weights at the gym fitness classes whatnot you have to find something that you enjoy or it's not going to be something that's sustainable and that comes back to mindset you know um if you're not enjoying what you're doing and simply doing it for the wrong reasons again that's probably not sustainable and it's not something you enjoy and it becomes a chore which shouldn't be what it's shouldn't be what fitness is about um I like to look at it now as like a lifestyle choice um emphasis on choice like you want to I don't know like working out it helps my mental health as well um, I never feel bad after finishing a workout, um, like physical health, mental health. I don't know. You've got to look at fitness in the bigger picture, really. And yeah, make sure you're enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, I've absolutely used fitness as um, like, I I do. I use it as a mood booster. And um, my one of my very first episode where, where I had a guest, um, I talked about a little bit about um, using Peloton as uh, mm-hmm. almost like a therapy at the time. Um, and I will say it worked. Of course, there was a lot more, you know, issues there. But yeah, yeah. Um, I have absolutely used it as, and that's, I don't think that's an unhealthy thing to do. Um, no. Using it as a mood booster. Um, I use that as a stress relief. Running is specifically a stress relief if I'm very stressed and anxious and, you know, you feel like all that, like you feel it in your chest, you feel it in your throat and it's just like something you almost like can't release. That's yeah. when I run. And by telling myself, oh, like when I run, I feel better. It mm-hmm. changes the way I think when I go running and I'm not stressed. It's, it, it's I'm associating running with a better mood, with a better way that I feel. Um, and that's what I try and do is be very purposeful with, I work out for how I feel, not for how yeah. I look. Um, yeah. And I think as well, like we can't ignore the fact that some people do work out and do exercise to change their bodies. Like yeah. they want to look a certain way and not to, you know, say that that's completely wrong um again it comes back to mindset and it's very easy to kind of get obsessive over these things um fitness is obviously linked to weight loss and if that's something that you know you feel you need to do um again just trying to make it enjoyable being patient um I don't know I hate all these like fad diets as well that are going around it's very Uh, um bothersome um, cutting out for certain food groups yeah. um I I don't know I hate all of that like all food groups are important um 
I think you can you can eat every food group and achieve whatever goal it is that you're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but consistency is probably the biggest thing. That's true. Um, yeah, and it's that's also why it has to be something that's realistic and attainable for you. Um, you know, trying to like follow a super strict diet for three days and then expecting to see these results. Um, it just makes people go into like cycles of, yeah. you know, cutting out so much, um, trying to get quick results, not seeing it or being so strict that you then go on like a binge or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's just not healthy. Um, so yeah, just, just trying to be sensible about things. Yeah. And I always try when, you know, when people ask, I always think of like working out, it's a lifestyle change. So like, say you're not working Mm -hmm. out right now. So you don't have some sort of activity that you enjoy and you're starting it. It's not, Oh, I'm like, especially the new year, the new year is the dumbest thing (laughs) I've ever seen with these people buying memberships in that new year, new me, like all that crap. I hate Mm -hmm. it. I think it's total bogus. And it's like, if you're wanting to work out, like that's fantastic. You should, you should do it because you, and and, and that goes with the weight loss thing. Of course I can't, I'm not going to pretend that I can speak on, you know, a major weight loss journey. I've not had that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think as a whole, no matter what size you are, what your goals are, you have to approach it from a place of love. It's, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's not okay to not love yourself fully like how you are. Like, yes, you know, there, if you are unhealthy, there is nothing wrong with wanting to be more healthy. And that might be associated with, you know, how you look in some ways. That's, you know, that's not a secret. Um, right. But to, you can't hate yourself into being healthy. If you're wanting to be healthy, at least to some degree, that means you love yourself enough to want to get there. Um, right. and that's really where you have to approach it. And, and no matter what your goals are going in it with, like, I love myself. I love, you know, being healthy and being the best I can be and being active, you know, let's not even just say working out, like being active, that could mean hiking, right. like, be a yeah. person that hikes. And that is, you know, that, you know, just as much like quote unquote fitness as somebody who's going to the gym. I'm like, gosh, it's probably more because these hikes are freaking long. Um, but you know, it's it's <laughs> making that a part of your life. It's making that a part of what you do and who you are. It's not something a you know thirty day challenge. It may take you thirty days to make that a part of your life because habits are really hard to form. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it ends and all of a sudden your life's better. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, but I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. Um, yeah. For the people that are are listening and they're like, well, okay, but I do want to get started working out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where do I start? That I get that question, like, what do you do? Um, like, what workouts do you do? And, you know, I'm always willing to tell them, of course, um, because what works for me might work for you. What works for me might not work for you. But do you have right. any advice for um, people who I, I'm going to say are starting their training journey? Because yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, even if you're not necessarily training for a specific event, um, it's a, I think that sounds nicer to me. Yeah, definitely. I would say, um, you know, start by making small changes. I think a lot of people you know, especially if you're coming from not 
being active at all or you might be wanting to change your nutritional choices or a combination of both people often try and go full in you know like I'm gonna work out five times a week I'm gonna cut out x y and z out of my diet and like I was saying before be super strict um and that's probably not gonna work out um start by making small changes and gradually you know like you're saying as it starts to become routine and easier you can slowly like build that up and also like I was saying before try and find something that you genuinely enjoy and are going to look forward to doing um like I was saying running not for everyone that's fine like go on walks or even simple lifestyle choices like I know it's harder for some of you to like walk to work or whatever but you know try and get x amount of steps in a day I don't know um yeah some people might enjoy going to a gym that can be quite expensive you know you can do home workouts um but yeah finding something that you enjoy I'd say is honestly the key um or you're not going to want to do it yeah Another, when, when you talk about um, like nutrition, um, something that I've heard and that has really worked well for me, um, I use it when I, ha- I know that I'm kind of going down like a mental path where I'm being restrictive with my diet then. Um, but I think it works well if you are trying to change how you eat. Um, Cause I'm very passionate about eating healthy and yeah. a um, approach that I really like is adding, not subtracting. So and I, cause I will never tell you that you can't have ice cream. This girl freaking loves ice cream and I will not deny <laughs> myself ice cream. Now I won't have it every day of the week because I'd feel sick. Um, yeah. but like having a goal to eat leafy greens every single day, eat, you know, cause one, if you're eating leafy, like if you're, that's part of a meal, like at any rate, that's going to somehow replace something just because, right. you know, if you're adding a bunch of things, like you're, you're going to end up subtracting just so you don't, cause you can't eat that much, but right. like adding, so leafy greens into your diet. Um, okay. Whenever you go to a grocery store, you are now going to buy one new vegetable that you're going to try that week every time. Um, and then like for cutting out, like I'm a big proponent. If you don't want to eat it, don't have it in your house. And I think there's a place for that. Like I don't buy chips. I don't really like chips, um, but I just don't want them in my house. But if I'm at a restaurant, if I'm at Subway and they give me chips, like I I will say Miss Vicky's jalapeno, like right there, but I'll (laughs) eat it at home. Um, But that's really helped me whenever I'm getting into a place of, oh, I can't have this or like, oh, I can't. It's it's mainly can't. I'll say can't, can't, you can't have this, can't have this. But then like, okay, well, you know, one, I, I, when I start to say that, I usually let myself have that just to kind of like prove myself wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, we're going to add in a new healthy vegetable. And that's something much more exciting and easier to do than saying, you can't have this, you can't have that. Yes, definitely. And that goes back to like just making small changes as well. Um, I've tried, I think when I'm at work, I try to meal prep sometimes. That really helps me. Yeah. That makes um, that's best for time. It's yeah, stress like do not worry about what you're gonna eat later is um really underrated. Honestly, yeah, go to the fridge. Everything's already ready there for you. Um, I think there's a misconception that meal prepping has to be boring. True. 
but I always make sure I have like two to three different options. Yeah, not true that um, it's boring. True that true about the misconception. Thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think as well in the US, there's a lot more temptation out there. Um, yep. in terms of like fast food, or I was quite shocked by how many people not necessarily sit down and eat out at a restaurant, but get like takeout for lunch and for dinner um, when it's so accessible there. And when people are driving a lot more than they are here, that's obviously very tempting. And so I think in that regard, meal prepping could be like a really good solution for that. It's also going to save you a lot of money as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is always good. Um, but yeah, like you say as well, um, not kind of denying yourself when you have a craving as well I think is a big thing um but also when you know you do want a chocolate bar you have a chocolate bar that's great don't let that then throw you off track you know Mm -hmm. I think some people they have one bad thing yeah isn't necessarily bad at all um but then think oh well I've had this now so and then throw in the towel it cycles yeah and then they'll have like a whole week of then just eating like junk food or whatever because they think they've they've messed up by this one little slip up that isn't really a slip up it's just you know giving your body what it wants and craves sometimes um it's a lot better than trying to be super restrictive which will probably end up in a binge at some point yeah that's that's a good point and that that goes again it's it's all about mindset and it's how you're thinking of those foods like I, I consider myself a healthy eater. I'm a very healthy person. My friends say I'm picky. I think that's rude. <laughs> uh, I, I am a, I, I think to some degree, I'm a little bit picky, but um, like I say, I'm a healthy eater. I also eat ice cream. Then that does not change that I'm a healthy eater. Um, right. And I exactly am, you know, I'm very passionate about good foods and fueling my body. The first time, you know, when I have cake, that does not change. Um, it's not like I'm all of a sudden going backwards and I have to race to catch up by not eating anything with sugar for the next three days. Right. Um, and it, and that goes back to like the enjoyment side of things yes. as well. Like just because you're following a healthier lifestyle per se, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy food. You can't go out for that meal. Like, of course you can. It's just then... Um, learning to not even get back on track necessarily, but you know, have your odd treat, not even treat, just yeah, just be purposeful. It's like I'm eating and then I ate this, yeah. and that move on, that's it. Yeah, and you just move on, you you know, you let it go, which can be easier said than done sometimes, yeah. and it definitely takes practice, but yeah, it's mindset, it's all mindset. <laughs> This has been so good. I was so, so, so excited when we said that we were going to do this episode because yes. it, 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 of course, it's not something I talk about a lot, but it is something I'm very passionate about and pretty open about. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate that so many people have a story of negative mindset with fitness and their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the more we talk about it, the more we relate about it. And, um, I think it helps and it, it's always helped definitely. me. So I think you've definitely helped other people today. You've been an inspiration oh. for, for the last five years. So. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. 
I love you so much. <laughs> you too. Where, so where can people find you? If, um, if of course they're going to want more, where can people find you? Oh, well, like we were saying, I do have a fitness Instagram. You can find me at PTLG. <laughs> uh, that's the same for my YouTube channel as well, where, yeah, as Sarah was saying, I post uh, workouts and also like meal ideas and stuff like that. So it's great absolutely check it out thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it's been fun (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the what else podcast and if you like this episode then i've got a small to-do list for you uh first of all go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your instagram stories and tag me at sarah e boss and I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.